the House come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. Congratulations, you found Capital Ideas, the podcast where members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol to talk about ideas. You just might want to buckle up because today's conversation is high energy. Our guest is 29th District Representative Melanie Morgan. She's just a few days into her second session as a state lawmaker, but she isn't waiting to be called on. She has plenty of ideas, and before this short session comes to a close on March 12th, she expects more than a few to become law. I wouldn't bet against her. The 29th District covers a good deal of Pierce County and includes parts of Tacoma, Lakewood, and Fredrickson, and all of Springbrook, Parkland, and Spanaway. Its constituents sent Representative Morgan to Olympia to get things done, and that's what we'll talk about today. We recorded this on January 15th, 2020, and here it is. Welcome to Capital Ideas, Representative Melanie Morgan from the 29th Legislative District. I want to talk to you about one bill in particular. Uh, It was hard to pick one bill because you've sponsored several. You've got a lot of good irons in the fire. But one bill that caught my eye because it relates so closely to the housing crisis is House Bill 1694, which basically is what it seems to me to be a common sense bill that would allow people when they're moving into a new apartment or a new rental home to spread their moving-in costs out over two or three installment payments rather than having to pony up four or $5,000 maybe at one time. I started penning out the numbers over the interim, and the three months is actually seems stressful to me. As if you remember my story from last session, I myself was homeless, and so, and I've also been on Section 8 vouchers, And so to come up with $2,800, just put that number out there, $2,800 for first month, last month, and deposits, plus your non-refundable fees, um, administrative, cleaning, et cetera, et cetera. When you divide that by three, that really came to like $900 a month. And I'm looking at like, you know, that's not realistic. That's a whole new rental payment. Is this really going to be helping individuals? I came back to the stakeholder group and asked them if they would take a look at doing it for six months. It is what the city of Tacoma is doing. Their ordinance under is six months. So the state does have something to fall back on to see if it is working by the city of Tacoma. Stakeholders do agree with six months. They have no problem with that. So that cuts that number in, in half again. But the real thing about this is what does this bill do? It starts solving some of the homeless crisis. It's not going to solve it all. Right? We can't get all of our people off of the street because we just don't have enough beds to put them in. We're working on it, but we just can't work fast enough. So this bill is coming forward to for those ones who are ready to be housed but just can't seem to come up with that lump sum of money. They're the ones that would qualify to use this bill in installment payments. Who are the stakeholders that you consulted with in this? I suppose it's maybe some renters groups as well as property owners? It's mostly multi-housing unit lobbyists. We've got low-income housing lobbyists. We do have some landlords who've come in, also working with the other side on the other side of the aisle. 
work with the individuals there, we all know that this is a, a meaningful, it makes sense piece of legislation. Last year, you got this up to the House Rules Committee, and basically time just ran out. This is a shorter session than last year, but you're getting started right here at the beginning. What's your gut feeling about how's this going to look on March 12th? Well, it's going to pass, of course. (laughs) But the reality is, you know what, sometimes when we put legislation forward, we may miss some loopholes. I'm actually glad that it's back. Granted, we did not get to utilize that over the summer and the fall and the winter. But the reality is it's going to be a stronger bill and we have more support on the bill. And some of the loopholes, just like the three months versus six months, that's huge. And so I think that it would better serve our constituents in the state of Washington with it coming forth being stronger. You're in the second year of your first biennium as a state lawmaker, and this is kind of a game changer, this bill. So it would have been unusual for it to have passed in your very first year as a legislator. This does seem like a more realistic time frame for you to be working on. I understand that. You know, I'm not the only representative here that has good, meaningful bills that's going to help the state of Washington. So I am grateful that my caucus is supporting me in this bill. And it seems like the other caucus will as well. In addition to this, you've got some other bills going on. You've got another bill that is dealing with a real vital issue, which is our kids in school getting a hot lunch, Mm -hmm. even when mom and dad might not be able to afford a 40-cent copay, Mm -hmm. which could sound like a little bit of money, but it's not. I um, have personal experience in this as well. I raised my children on Section 8 and with food stamps. Food stamps, most people would look at that's free money for you, but the reality is it does not feed the family adequately, and nor does it last long enough. But grateful for the assistance, and even with our children at school, the assistance comes in free and reduced lunch. What this bill is targeting is the reduced lunch of those co-pays. My personal experience with four kids, if it's 40 cents per child times four, that's $32 a month. My kids, I don't know some days how they ate. I don't know the embarrassment that they felt. I don't know how they managed to go to school without any lunch money and not feel their dignity is affected. They're not, it's, it's important peer pressure in school. They're already dealing with that. Now to come as to school as less than is a problem for the state of Washington. But I want to say this. I know that no one wants hungry children. You know what I realized? We feed prisoners three meals a day for free. And they committed a crime. We're feeding adults who committed crimes free food. But our children who are innocent and just trying to get an education so that maybe one day they can come and take my place as state representative are going hungry. And we know what we as adults feel like when we're hungry. What about a child? I'm a former school board director. And a lot of the reports that we got from principals was the behavior problem. Now, how much of this behavior problem is due to being hungry? What about a child who hasn't learned to regulate their emotions? I'm not a scientist, but I know scientifically there's something in those brainwaves happening when nutrition is not fully met. 
And so we hope that when this bill comes to the floor this time, that the 97 other representatives feel the same way, that this is a no-brainer, and also when it goes across the chambers to the Senate. I get the feeling I'm sitting here with a real success story. Looking at some of the facts I know about your life and looking at where you are now and some of your accomplishments, you're a veteran of the United States Army, former school director, you've been a community leader in the 29th District for a long time. Yes. And now you're a state lawmaker. I'm impressed. Thank you. I think we should come back and talk some more towards the end of this 60-day session. That would be great. Because it is going to be short, intense, and a lot of things are going to die, but there will be bills that come out of here on top at the end and get to the governor's desk. Whether this is or not, I would like to talk to you about it and the other parts of this journey for you. Sure. I did want to talk about two fun bills that I have coming forward. I actually um, presented them in a hearing today. Um, One of them is the dinosaur bill. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. You know, we've only been here for three days, but it feels like three years already. And so to go in front of committee and just talk about this fun bill was really great. But let me tell you the greatest part of this story. I had a fourth grade class from my district, Elmhurst Elementary School from Franklin Pierce School District. They contacted my office, said that they did all this wonderful research and found that there were fossils in the San Juan Islands and wanted to know if I could write a bill in establishing the Susasaurus Rex, I hope I got that right, as a state dinosaur. Of course I would write a bill on that. Unfortunately, they got it to me too late last year that it wasn't able to make it to the floor. But I'm sure that it's going to make it to the floor at this time. But what was nice is during the interim, I went to visit this fourth grade class. And my L.A. Leslie, my legislative assistant, created the most wonderful folders for them. Inside this folder, we put the bill in there. And when I told those kids that the bill is inside that folder, the classroom erupted. They were just so excited that they actually got to tangibly hold their research. So this is something that I hold this dear and close to my heart because why? Because I come from a district that has low voting. I come from a district that has 80% poverty. This school alone is a low performing school. And to have their teacher, Amy Cole, to guide them into doing this research and to be civically engaged is exactly what I'm talking about as a representative. It is exactly what I'm talking about as a community activist and it is exactly Exactly what I talked about as a school board member, that it is about our children. And when I talk to the younger folks or children, these bills that I'm creating today have nothing to do with me because the bills that affect me were made 20, 30 years ago. But the bills that I'm making today will affect these very children and their children. And that's what makes meaningful law. And that's what makes me happy to be a state representative. One more bill is Juneteenth. This is a bill that's important to the black community and the African-American community. It's way overdue. We know that the history behind um, slavery, and we know that when President Lincoln first emancipated the slaves, that there were states that said, you know what, fine, we'll agree with you, but let us keep them for one more year so we can get another crop. The United States of America made $600 billion in free labor. This is why 
it is right. It is time that we celebrate Juneteenth as a state holiday. But I also want to put this forth. This holiday is not just about slavery and about black people and African-American people being able to have a holiday, but it's about inclusion because we want the whole state of Washington to celebrate with us. We want the whole state of Washington to be equitable and come along with us and say it is time that we celebrate the freedom that we are no longer in shackles and that we are no longer in bondage and we have the right to vote and I have the right to be the state representative in 2020. Have you introduced that bill? I did. This afternoon I did. Congratulations. Thank you. Any closing thoughts after this low-key conversation <laughs> we've had? I love this. I could do this all day. Let's see. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to close with one more bill. Good. It's not my bill. I'm a co-sponsor on this bill. This is Representative Gregerson's bill. It's the state equity office. I was appointed by the governor on the task force, this interim, to hash out all the language that needs to be put in this bill. And I'm going to tell you what, I am excited about the work the task force did. I think that they came up with a bill that's equitable <laughs> and that serves the state in the way that it needs to be served. The bill is all about state agencies in making sure that they have equitable measures inside of the agencies. By the way, we're the first ones in the nation, if this bill gets off the floor, which I'm sure it will, to have a state equity office. What this does is that it starts making everything equitable. It starts bringing down the disparities in my community. It starts making fairness and justice, and it's meaningful, and it's a great piece of legislation. I think that's a good way to stop, and we can get back together and find out how this great piece of legislation became a great new law six, seven weeks from now. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Did I lie? No, I didn't. If you feel like you got something worthwhile out of the last few minutes, why not subscribe to Capital Ideas wherever fine podcasts are offered for free? This is your state government, and what happens here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you and for everyone. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thanks for listening.